What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. What's going on, Matt? Not much, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, man. You guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how's your week been going, man? Man, it's been going good. It, summer's been busy, of course. You know, we've network wide, I think we've had close to twenty mission teams up across the four churches. Wow! And so it's been it's been busy. Um, it's not as busy for me anymore, uh, but because Scott Ryden, our, our network liaison, is doing such a good job and coordinating and working with these mission teams and big stuff. Big up, Scott. Big up, Scott Radnauer. You, you better be listening or you're fired. No, I can't fire Scott. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this podcast episode, Scotty. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, but it's good. It, I think the cool part for me is uh, the past couple of weeks, we've had we've had like our sending church up a couple weeks ago, Carville First Baptist, shout out, CFBC. And, um, and then we had Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas. They were up uh, this week. And uh, those two were like our first original partners. And so it's really special when, because they've been walking with us for like five, six years. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's it's fun. Like we had them over last night and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good just to see people that you don't get to see very much. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course we love all our partners, but the ones who have been with us from the very beginning, they're special, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is. So it's been cool to catch up with them. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, mission team season, and we've got one more coming up this summer, and uh, it's been cool. July's July's crazy, uh, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, because uh, you know you get to. The great thing about having missions teams up is you get to reach so many more people. Uh, it just kind of mm-hmm. uh, widens your net, so to speak. Man, that's a good word. Widen your net. Uh, yeah, you're just able to to reach more people and. Um, kind of connect with a lot more uh, individuals in the community uh, in a short period of time that there's no way we'd be able to do on our own as a team, uh, as a church. Man, you said something right there that's good. And we're not talking about this, obviously, today. But, um, you know, work, if you're a church plan, you're working with mission teams. I had a pastor that called me this past week after a, uh, he had sent a team up, two teams, actually. And uh, he, he was like, um, he said, hey, listen, let me ask you a, a, a question. I want you to be honest. And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, did our teams actually help you get the ball down the field for the Fellowships Network? Like, did, did we help you advance the ball down the field? And I said, yes, absolutely. And I, and I could honestly say that. And you said something like, you know, helps you widen the net. Mm-hmm. And I, if you're a church player listening, like, you should think through those lenses. Like, every t- team that you bring up and mission team you're working with, you need to think about how they can help you get the ball down the field. Yep. It, they need to be able to do something that you you couldn't do mm-hmm. on, if they weren't there. Mm-hmm. I see so many uh, I see so many church plants like I think they they think of mission teams and they think like we just got to find something to keep them busy for four days. Yep. you know and and um, that's not that's not good use of teams, man. You yep. you want to be able to use them to do something that you couldn't do by yourself. So, anyways, that's a freebie, listeners. Yeah. Well, use them to use them to to have more ambassadors for the kingdom of yeah. God and for your church for and sure. your community, right? So whether it's doing a some sort of outreach event, like well, some some of the things we did with our teams this year, uh, we would go downtown uh, Oshawa on you know hot yeah. days and we'd hand out cold drinks to nice. people and pray for them and yeah. uh, share the gospel. And we, we printed up these little labels, these stickers, yeah. that you could slap on the outside of a water bottle or a, or a can of uh, of as they call it here in Canada. Yeah, that's what they call it in Oklahoma too, pop. 
It's not the right way to say it. But it's okay. Ooh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> when I moved to the South with, with Erica in 2006, everybody calls everything Coke. Yeah, that's what we do. In Texas? In Texas, yeah. Okay. Coke. Like, Just chalk it up to one more thing Texas go, does to do, right? I'm going to go get a Coke, and then you, you walk back with a can of Orange Crush. Yeah. That's Coke. Well, I remember when we moved, we, uh, first time I we went to Arkansas with Erica's family, that's where they're all from, and we went to a restaurant, and uh, somebody was like, uh, what kind of Coke do y'all have? Yeah. And she was like, we have root beer. And uh, orange soda and grapes. I'm like, the, the Cokes in those flavors now? So, yes. Yes, they are Absolutely. apparently in the South. Yeah, and Texas. What kind of Coke do you have, Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> I think pop is the right term. When I lived in the North, though, they call it soda. Oh, well, soda. You have to say it right. Soda. Soda. Min- like Minnesota. Soda Minnesota. Minnesota pop. Don't you know Bobby? Remember su- Bobby's World, the oh, cartoon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that Canadians don't call it soda because... It just kind of goes with, you know, like uh, Canadian uh, accents, you know, like, yeah. like, oh, don't you know about the new soda they got oh, there? We apologize hey, to all our Canadian listeners <laughs> right now for, from on Jared's behalf. Let me just apologize. You know that I'm good at my Canadian accent. I'm good at it. I have people tell me that they don't hear that they don't even know I'm from the South sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking because they can't even hear it come out. I'm able to hide it oh, well man. with my Canadian. This episode is already derailed. When I go when I when I go down the States and preach sometimes in the South, like churches that know me, they'll be like I'm familiar with, they'll be like, Man, you really lost your accent. You don't even sound southern anymore. <laughs> I've had people say that. Yeah, once. and I and I'm like, Well, that's not what the people say up there. But whenever you get around southerners, it usually comes back pretty quickly, I've found yeah. that yeah. yeah, it's like it's easy for it to yeah. return. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so yeah, we got pretty off topic. That's okay though. It's all we good. Got, we got some time to kind of yeah, man, a little bit. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's anything else going on in my life that's noteworthy that I want to talk about on this podcast. I don't really. <laughs> Our listeners like we don't care at this point. Just get to the topic. Yeah, that's true. They probably. Don't. <laughs> okay. All right. What's what's it, anything else noteworthy? No, Anything we're just going to put we're going to put the life jacket on this on this episode. And <laughs> go, go ahead and get the jacket the on, man. Toss this joker over the boat. It's it's, it's drowning quickly. It's drowning so. fast. Cool. So today we're going to talk about what do you do if you and your wife are doing everything in your church plant or wow. in your ministry uh, because I know I've I've talked to pastors and I've heard many yeah. a scenario where uh, that can happen even when it's not a church plant. You're laughing. What? <laughs> I was just thinking of a, I was thinking of a story. We 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 interviewed this church one time. They were calling us to be their senior pastor, and they 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 asked Erica if she played the piano. And they're like, "And what do you do? Do you play the piano?" I know the organ. <laughs> Erica's like, um, "No, I don't play the piano, but I will disciple women at this church and she's lead people to Jesus." The Bible say that's one of the qualifications for being a pastor's wife. I actually, I think that is piano playing. Yeah, I think that's in Third or, or, Chronicles. Or organ playing. Organ playing. Yeah. Third Chronicles. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like, she doesn't play the piano, man. Like that's not gonna, that shouldn't be a question. So by the, way. the real question is, did you take the? I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it was a great experience. Good. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. You're just saying that because you're on the podcast probably. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. Everything about it. So you, uh, it could be, it could be uh, pre-launch or you could be a year in or you could even be three years in or even longer. And it's very possible that you could be finding yourself in a situation where uh, you're looking up 
and you feel like uh, you and your spouse are the only mm. ones uh, doing everything. Yeah. And uh, you're either not. And you could be. Yeah. And you, and you might not be able to find volunteers or maybe you feel like I just don't have any leaders here at my church as far as, as I can tell right now. But whatever the situation is, uh, I think a lot of, a lot more guys than we realize find themselves yeah. uh, feeling like they're just overwhelmed and things are falling through the cracks because uh, there's just too much work for them to do and not enough to go around and they don't really know how to get themselves uh, unstuck. So I guess I just start out with this, Matt, and yeah. and ask you maybe um, what's your experience with that and and how do you think guys get there? Oh man, you know one of our values for the fellowships is team church planning. And one of the reasons why it's one of our values is because we've seen how difficult church planning can be when you don't plan with the team. And I don't think you get there. I don't think you get there intentionally. You know, the old saying, as the old saying goes, you know, you, you do what you, you know, you only know what you only know. Right. And, um, you, you don't do what you don't know. And so for, for us, like for Eric and I, we weren't really taught how to launch with a core team. We weren't really taught how to equip, people to be on a team and all that kind of stuff. And so, and then coming from Memphis, Tennessee, you know, we, um, our sitting church was so gracious and incredible. And they were like, you know, Hey, um, you have a fishing license. Anybody that wants to go to Toronto, you know, recruit them, invite them, cast vision. And we had a couple of those vision nights and stuff like that, but, but you know, nobody wanted to come and it's, and I get it. it you, you know, obviously we want people to be called, the bigger picture is we want to plant with the indigenous planters, right? We want to start a church with local guys. Um, but anyways, you know, nobody felt called to come. And so it was just our family and us. And so um, we get here and, we, you know, we God starts to do what only God can do. And he starts to build the church. And looking back on it, um, we had done everything for so long, especially Erica. I mean, like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a people person. And so like I connect with people and I love people and I can do that. It's, it's, it's my, it's, it's, uh, it's in my gift set and everything like that. And I enjoy it. Erica's more introverted. And so she's kind of always, um, you know, in, in the shadows kind of doing the behind the scenes work and stuff. And she thrives in doing those things. But I mean, there's a point in time where she was doing like everything, you know, she's doing like guest services stuff. She's, um, you know, she was basically my secretary and all, all these kinds of things. And it was, she was doing a lot. And then I think the mistake that I made was when we started to reach lost people, we didn't equip them. Like we didn't, we didn't have a clear, like we talked with Mac Lake, we didn't have a clear pipeline. Mm -hmm. And again, you only know what you only know. Right. And so this is what I would do. I would ask somebody like, you know, they would be coming to our church for a little bit and I'd be like, Hey, you want to help us with this event? You want to help us with this family event? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, and be like, and then I'd assign them something that they probably weren't equipped to do or couldn't do, you know? And then on a Sunday morning type thing, it'd be like, Hey, you want to run the slides? Nobody ever taught them how to run the slides. And so yeah. you're in the middle of worship and nobody's, why, why isn't this guy going to the next slides? Like, yeah. well, you didn't teach him, you idiot. And so just that kind of stuff. And it leads to all kinds of frustration. Mm -hmm. And so I think you get there out of necessity. I think you just have, it has to get done. Most church planners are type A. Like I'm the kind of guy, you know me well, if it has to get done, just let's get it done. Mm -hmm. Let's just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're that way as well. And so it is so, and this is a big, bigger picture. It is so much easier sometimes just to do it yourself. Yep. And that's why you really have to have 
delegation in place. You really have to have a pipeline in place. You have to have clear one pages of your responsibilities, job, every single thing you do in the church from leading a life group to leading the worship to preaching on Sundays mm-hmm. for guest preachers. When you're out of town, you've got it. We've got all that stuff now at yeah. fellowship Pickering. I know you got that at fellowship Oshawa that you, you guys worked on as well. And you have clear expectations, all that stuff. Everything has to be in place. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, man, we just didn't know that, you know, we didn't yeah. know that. And yeah. so we're just like, okay, let's just do everything. And so to answer your question, you know, we're doing everything because it had to get done and who else was going to do it? Yep. And then there was a few other people that started coming that we shoulder tapped and say, hey, could you do this? And it grew and it grew and it grew. And more people started serving and people came to Christ and spirits like, hey, you should be helping out with this movement, too. Mm-hmm. And it did it. And, you know, so that's kind of where we got to it. Yeah, I think uh, an un, you know, the unwillingness to delegate, which I think is fairly common in a lot of Type it's huge. A type of leaders, it comes down to you know ultimately to a, a lack of trust in God. That's exactly right. Um, you think about it because you're you're not really putting things in the hands of of other people. You're putting them in God's hands when you release them from yours. Yeah. And you know, like so, if that's your you know the slot, the person running the slides, yeah. or if it's your kids' ministry, or or whatever it might be, you know. And, and what happens when we when we don't do that, and when we're just you know, trying to put butts in seats kind of a deal yeah. or just to fill roles. Yeah. Uh, I, I know because I've, I've been there and I've done this on a Sunday morning where instead of, for example, um, you know, worshiping with our people, yeah. right. Uh, during worship, uh, I'm sitting there fretting about the fact that the slides aren't getting hit on time, yeah. you know, to go to the next yeah. thing. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Oh no, what are people thinking or yeah. whatever? And then, you know, you, you, you're basically taking your eyes completely off, yeah. off of Jesus and, and you're, you're not depending upon the Holy Spirit to move. It's like, like really, you know, I think, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, you know, is going to say, well, do you, do I need slides to be able to work in a powerful way this morning? Like, of course do I he need does. Slides to, to be hit on time. Like God can't work through it without pro presenter. Yeah. You you, we didn't teach you that. I don't think we covered that lesson. Though. <laughs> no, so. it's, it's so true, man. Yeah. Like, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and then like you said, a lack of clarity on roles and responsibilities. Um, if you don't have a clear description of a role, like if you just kind of, I, I think a lot of times we just we put somebody somewhere and we never yeah. really teach them what to do or how to do it or how yeah. you know what, what the expectations are, uh, and then a lack of like compelling vision. Mm. Uh, I think uh, whenever we uh, we can. Um, we don't purposefully do this, but I think yeah. that subconsciously we can uh, present our volunteer positions as roles to fill rather than callings mm. to respond to. Yeah, and uh, I mean, who's going to get excited about a role to fill? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly think like the big things is the big the big thing is we we develop habits that we don't even realize we're doing. So if you start your church and you're you don't have people that starting that church with you, that you're, you know, you're shoulder tapping, you're inviting to do certain things or whatever. Then you just start to, you take that ball and you start to run with it. And more people get incorporated into the church and you won't give up the ball. You don't realize you're still running with the ball. And it's like, man, why aren't these people? And so delegation is huge because we complain about there's not enough volunteers, but then we have a really tough time delegating. And so I know, I, I know this is a problem with me. Because, um, not delegation, but what I'm about to explain. 
I don't have a problem delegating, but I have a tough time when things aren't done the way like I would do them. And I yeah. see it and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we sh- I knew we shouldn't have given that away. Yep. You know, but, but here's the reality of it. Nothing in life will ever get done because the way you want it to be done. Yep. Because all of us are different. All of us are uniquely gifted and all those kinds of things. And you are going to be the ceiling to your church's growth mm. and uh, movement. Because if you're the guy that has to do everything, if you're the guy that has to do everything, man, that's a tough grind. You know, and so you have to make a decision. You have to say, okay, am I willing to burn out like I did? Mm -hmm. Am I willing to burn out and get really just get to the point where I hate doing this? Or am I willing to say, yep, you know what? Um, That is not how I put those signs. And Mm -hmm. that is definitely not how I would lead that small group. Um, And I I think you got to ask yourself when you get to that point, right, where you're you're just having a hard time letting things go because yeah. other people can't do them right, quote unquote. Right. You know what I mean? Like the right way yeah. or, or the way that you want them done. You got to ask yourself at some point, what's your what's your overall vision and what's your goal? That's because right. If you, if you operate that way, then you need to understand that your church is going to have a glass ceiling yeah. on it. It's going to have a cap. Yeah, because you have a cap as a leader. Every leader has a capacity. Yeah, that that they're gonna that they're gonna cap out at, yeah. and they're not gonna be able to go beyond that. And if you are the one that's doing everything, then your church is going to be the capacity of your church is going to be your capacity. Yeah, and you're going to at some point stagnate, and you're not gonna grow beyond that yeah. until you're willing to say, okay. I'm willing to entrust this area to somebody who maybe doesn't do things exactly the way that I would do them. Uh, yeah. But I, I value reaching the unreached. I value reaching lost people. I value our, you know, our the our ministry expanding yeah. so that more lost people can get saved more than I value the slides being run perfectly on yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we had Mac Lake on. A while back, and he he has an incredible YouTube channel, and you should definitely check it out if you're. Uh, it's around this subject because the bigger subject is leadership development. This is what we're talking about, really. Yeah. It's developing people not just to do tasks or to turn your ministry widgets, but to find their gift sets to to work in how God's created them to to work. And he talks about in this YouTube video to um, what you shared with our team at Fellowship Pickering is you know identifying the. Only, the only three things only you should be doing and what that looks like and, and determining what those three things are as the leader and then finding people to do all the other things that they're gifted to do mm-hmm. and then constantly be inviting people, constantly be asking people and, you know, we're probably going to get to this, but if we have time, but, you know, having clear, clear, uh, you know, on ramps for people and clear, clear ways that they can get engaged and involved into the life of your ministry. It's so valuable and it's so important. And then as the, the, the vision caster, as the planter, as the pastor, you should constantly be inviting people into the ministry, into the line of what you're doing. Like at Fellowship Pickering, we, we have a mantra called serve in, serve out. And the serve in aspect and we have a huge board at our church and we have five ministry departments that we uh, center that around and we're constantly that's always there and 
on that card is like the numbers of people that we need for that position, all that kind of stuff. They can go back and they can pull one of those cards off and, and turn it into the to information table and learn how to do what they feel called to do. And last night at our house, we had this big gathering and uh, Erica had it really hosted this thing for the for the ladies of Fellowship Pickering and and you know, like it started raining and everything, so we all had to come inside. And so we're there with the missions team, and so we're all in there, packed in my little house, and we're talking. And there's a lady from the church, and we get into this conversation, and she was talking. We started talking about serving, and she's like, "I know it's been a it's been a busy summer and stuff." She's like, "I really need to go back to that serve board again and look at those positions." And it just encouraged me mm-hmm. because I was like, "You know what? We couldn't have said that a year ago or two years ago." Like they're clear now, doesn't mean everybody's jumping on board, but it means they're clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's ways they can serve. But I, I think what, to hit on what you said, I think there's a lot of pride if you get to the place where you're just like nobody can do this as good as me or whatever. It's like, man, how prideful is that? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. And then there's, you know, like it's funny is um, uh, when I was I don't know if I said this to you earlier before we started or if it was my wife Jen or both of you guys when we were talking, but. You know, when uh, I think about this question, like the title of this podcast, uh, what do you do if you and your wife are doing everything? I yeah. told Jen, that's a great question, you know, like, and we're about to do a podcast. Can you answer on, that? I'm still trying to figure yeah. out the answer to that one. Yeah. You know? That's why we say this is a podcast by everyday planters that's right. for the everyday church planter because yeah. uh, the reality is, is that we don't have this figured out. And one of the reasons we're doing this topic is because I've been thinking a lot about this yeah. recently because it does... Even though, like right now, as a church, we're growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool to see what God's doing. We've got more and more people coming. Uh, but it still feels a lot of times like uh, my wife and I are doing everything. And and I think that like some people can, some guys that might not be delegate, like the willingness to delegate is there. They'd be like, I'd give it away in a heartbeat. Right. Like I'm looking for somebody to give yeah. it away. Like I'm, a, I'll give, I'm about to give this, delegate this task to my dog if he'll do it. You yeah. Know? But yeah. But Maybe there's just really, truly nobody who's capable of doing that yeah. task. Like, what do you do then? Yeah, man. Well, start. This sounds so spiritual. But start with prayer. Yeah. You know, you have to start with prayer, and um, you know, you have to you have to start on your knees. You have to start with saying, you know, Lord, you you you've called us to this vision. I believe in this vision, and this is what this vision takes. And that's why it's so important. We talk about like developing your pipeline, developing you know what it what is required for the for the movement and what you want to see happen so you can pray over that you can ask god to raise up you know a spiritual care director raise up a another life group leader or small group leader you know raise up a a, a, a teaching elder you know raise up these people and once you get those positions on paper and once you scale it out to you know double your church size or whatever you can start to pray for those positions and you can start to say god we need a nursery another nursery worker and we don't just want a nursery worker we don't just want somebody coming in the streets and work work in the nursery because we need them we we want somebody who's passionate about kids and start to pray and you know we say this all the time all the all the everything we need is in the harvest everything we need is in the harvest and so you know, to advance the kingdom. And so those positions are there. But I would start with prayer to answer your question. You have to start with prayer. And then sometimes people are right underneath our noses and we don't even know. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when we first started Fellowship Pickering, we didn't have any worship, you know, and... and um, we, we, Well, you did have a guy for a little while. Yeah, we did. And, <laughs> um, you know, we and, and we've had we've had just some like really 
in the very beginning, we had a guy that came and uh, with his um, with his two sons, and they came over from like Burlington or something like that. Which, for our listeners, don't know, that's on the other side of the city, um, like an hour away. And well, it was like our second preview service, and um, this guy was like uh, not showing up. It was like thirty minutes for the service, not there. Twenty minutes from the service, not there. I call him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm about to leave right now." <laughs> and it, it was like 10 minutes before the service starts. And I just said, Hey bro, don't, don't, don't bother. You know, it's, there's no point. Like service will be done by the time you get here. <laughs> and, um, and so I was just like, Oh man. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. And so we, um, we go into the service and, um, you know, we, I was like, we'll have a time of prayer instead, you know? So we're praying and this guy that's been coming to the church and get connected during the prayer, taps me on my shoulder and says, um, hands me a piece of paper. And I open up this piece of paper, and it says, I've I've got some experience leading music. I can sing some songs if you need me to. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, buddy. Like, I'm not, we might be a small church plant, but I'm not about to put somebody up in front of everybody. Like, I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what you're going to do. And so long story short, you know, my wife... Erica is like, man, I tell her the story afterwards. She's like, I really like that guy. I, I'm just, I really love him and his wife. I think they got the Holy Spirit. I think they're anointed. I think they love the Lord. And um, so long story short, I'm like, yeah, but we don't really know him. So we invite this other guy to come and lead our worship. Leads worship for like a year plus. Doesn't work out. It's not a good fit for both parties, really. And there's this brother still there, faithfully serving week in and week out joined our worship team actually that hand me the note and it was odane barrett and it was our future worship leader mm-hmm. and odane still leads our worship today and he's just grown by leaps and bounds and and he's a developer and um yeah he's and sometimes they're right there and god brings us these people and as church planners and as leaders we're so consumed with just okay we got to have service we got to have this we got to have that we just you know we got to find these people we don't even pause and, 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 and ask the Lord to bring them, and we don't even have discernment with the people that's in um, our church already. So sometimes, you know, worship is a tough one, right? <laughs> that's a really, really tough one when church planning. Um, it's got to be the right, right people, but they're there sometimes. Well, you know, we know, we, you know a, a guy who's going to be uh, planting very soon right now, and I was just having a conversation with him. He's a friend of mine, and they don't, you know, he doesn't have a worship leader yeah. right now. Uh, you know, he's about to do preview services and there's no worship leader, you know? Yeah. So that's, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's interesting because, uh, like just thinking back on, you know, I know exactly how that feels yeah. you know, to go into, uh, you know, like heading into your yeah. launch or whatever, and you're not sure of who's going to do this, who's going to do that. And you right. don't really know. And so in yeah. a lot of ways, it is a, a huge step of faith. It um, is. You know, and up here, it's not like you can just jump on like christiancareers.com and you've just got all these like, you know, perfectly yeah. capable people who yeah. are just waiting in the wings. Yeah. Uh, there's not very many Christians here, number one. And number two, there's certainly not very many people who want to just come and do it for free just right. to serve, which is what you'd be doing at one yeah. of our churches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I think, and that is the tough part. I mean, we were, it was so it was so tight, tough for us in the beginning. I mean, we went through a phase where we played YouTube videos and, um, it was like during the Christmas season. And so like 
we played like uh, <laughs> I cringe thinking about this, you know, like how anybody ever came back to our church. It boggles my mind. It just goes to show you. But honestly, this is still this on stuff point. Is overblown. What we value yep. and what the unchurched value, they are not the same, man. Well, it also goes to show you that, again, the spirit of God does not need us no, to no. work. He Absolutely really doesn't. Not. And that's what I was telling our friend is like just reminding him of that. Like, yeah, bro, look, like ultimately, like it's important. Yeah. But it's not that important. Yeah. Like, it's like God, like God will be just fine. He doesn't need you to figure out this worship thing for him to move yeah. in your community as you start this church. Like yeah. he's got this. Yeah. Know? So yeah. Uh, even if you have to play YouTube videos, yeah. you know, at your, at your launch or whatever, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like yeah. I did, <laughs> I told him, um, a lot of people are surprised when they hear this, but when I was a youth pastor, uh, and we didn't have anything else to do, like we were supposed to like, uh, we did services, right? Yeah. Youth services on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And we didn't have anybody to lead. And so I would literally play a track and stand up front and sing along with the track solo. Yeah. So it would just be me and a track. Yeah. And I would just lead worship that way. Yeah. And I I kind of think that like that's the way. Like Peyton Jones uh, and Pete Mitchell have right. their podcast, uh, Church Planning Podcast. And it's they actually great. recently did an episode about this where they yeah. talked about what do you do when you don't have a worship leader? And I would recommend you go listen to mm-hmm. it uh, if you're in that situation. But that's what he said yeah. is that he's like, look, just stand up there and do yeah. it. But even better, going back to our topic today, find somebody else who is willing and capable to stand yeah. up there and do it. Like, if man, if you've got somebody who's not a terrible singer and they're willing to yeah. stand up front and lead and worship and they got the character to do it, let them do it. Yeah. Like, why would you do it when you have somebody else in your congregation yeah who can do it as well as you can that's right you know absolutely i you know i mean and and all those things you know if we if we spend time in prayer and if we're if we're man if we're in the harvest and we're honoring christ and we're working um working is probably not the resting is the better word i'm looking for and we're resting in the power of, of, of the holy spirit and we're abiding in christ and we're asking him to do all these things man I know it sounds so cliche, but things are going to work out. Things are going to fall into place. And you're always going to feel like, man, I'm fixing this. I'm working on this thing midair. And there's nobody to do the guest services. There's nobody to welcome. There's nobody to lead a small group or whatever it might be. You're always, or I'm, I'm knocking on doors by myself or whatever it might be. You know, if you just stay faithful and if you, and if you, if you pursue God, like he's going to bring people. He's mm. going to connect you with the right people because he wants to build his church. I just think so many guys get discouraged because they're not doing those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, we kind of talked about, covered a little bit of this, but, um, you know, it's just thinking through if there are guys listening right now uh, or maybe people that are listening that know somebody who's in a situation like this and they're yeah. thinking, well, how do I? Yeah, like that's that's kind of how I feel right now. How do I get out of this situation? You know, what's, what are some of my first steps? Um, I think that, you know, like, I I just think like at some point you've got to, you've got to put a timeline in place Yes. and you've got to figure out, going back to what you said, like, okay, I'm going to figure out what are the three or so things that I can do and that I should be doing that I want to do. Uh, and maybe the same for your spouse and then everything else like you need to set a timeline and a date when okay we're going to cut this thing out 
and I'm going to give it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to move on. And whether whether we think they're ready to take it on or not, like yeah. at some point, like you can talk about it all day, but if you like, what's the proverb? I'm going to butcher this, but it basically says, you know, like the farmer that waits for the perfect conditions never plants his crops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the perfect conditions are not going they to don't, come. They don't come, especially in church planning. Right. right. You know, and and if and here's the thing, our listeners really need to hear. Um, if, if you're reaching lost people, the tension's going to even feel more so because you're like, man, this person, they don't even know Christ yet. Like, can I, can I entrust them with this? That's why it's really important. Man, can I, can I let this guy preach next Sunday? I don't, <laughs> he's, he says he's a, he's, he says he's a Satanist. I don't know. <laughs> so stupid. He says he worships Beelzebub. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? I mean, just, I just got to trust the Lord, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're not talking no. about that, obviously. Yeah, but <laughs> but if that guy can play a tambourine, maybe. No, just, <laughs> no, but like, you know, um, yeah, I haven't. I completely forgot what I was going to say now. No, it's okay. Um, oh, man. You were talking about, yeah. like, if remind if me. People, if people, um, like in church planning context, it can be even be tougher. Yes, because right. if you're reaching lost people, you feel this tension of what positions can I put them in? Mm-hmm. What, what, how do? So if if I'm a big believer in pre-conversion, you know, uh, like, so what I mean by that is I think that the the, the we're, we're given and entrusted spiritual gifts, you know, post salvation, obviously, mm-hmm. but. God, because his DNA and we're made in his thumbprint, his image, I believe he's wired us up to do certain things from the beginning of time, essentially. Kind of like the Apostle Paul. Yeah, kind of like the Apostle Paul. He's an apostle, you know, before he was, as Saul, he was just as zealous, man, both ways. And so I think that, um, I think helping see that for, for, for people um, and, and putting them in position and stuff, but you do, you feel that tension and and at some point in time, you just have to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, "I've got to get out of this. I can't do this no more." It's it it it, it, it comes to a point where it's almost sin because mm-hmm. you're doing yep. things where you weren't really gifted to do in the first place. You're not equipping the saints, and oh yeah, by the way, you're wasting your time doing something that somebody else can be doing. Um, you know. So you can that, that can free you up to do something else, yep. and um, so it, it it really does. You have to get to the place where you kind of just draw a line in the sand and say, okay, like this is what has to happen. Like this is the ministry that has to happen. And we're working really hard right now with our ministry directors uh, at the church I lead to identify what are those what are the only things only you should be doing, mm-hmm. and then give away every single thing else. Yeah, that's good. But you've had so these good. habits. Yeah, so overcoming you sh- it shouldn't these habits. just be you doing that. It should be all your other leaders at your church. It has to be, and that's that's huge. Like because once you're a couple of years in, like we're like we're kind of at this stage right now too, yeah. where we've got leaders and things like that now. But what I've noticed is that a lot of them are doing the, are taking now on they're some taking of the same on, yeah. habits, the bad yeah. the bad habits, right? So where they're wearing a ton of different hats. Now, when you're first planning, like some of this is necessary at the start for your course. Of course, like, yeah. Like, you're going to have to wear a lot of different hats yeah. as the planter. Like, you know, we've talked about the fivefold ministry. We talked about it with Peyton Jones several weeks ago, right? Yeah. Apes, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. If you're a church planter, you're going to have to wear all five of those hats. Absolutely. Like, you can't just not shepherd people. Yeah. Oh, because I'm apostolic. Well, it doesn't matter. You got to shepherd people because who else is going to shepherd? Yeah. People, you know, and I, so I, I hear that so much from guys, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm apostolic, you know, so like, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to like, uh, call first time guests. And I'm like, yeah. 
that. Well, Dude, gonna, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, you, like you have to, you have to, it's good to know who you are and it's good to know like how you're wired and stuff mm-hmm. to work to that, yeah. you know? And I, and I, and I think that's something else like planners need to really listen to this uh, on this episode is that, you know, knowing who you are, like if you're in, if you're an apostolic prophetic evangelist, like, yeah, you're going to get burned out, man. If you're like, spending tons of time you know like shepherding you know and, and doing admin and doing admin work and stuff like that i hate admin though. i do too man. i hate it so much but but you but 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 there are but you do have to but you know what that's a good example like admin i think back i, I think back on our journey and you know i have a ministry assistant now she's incredible she does a lot of good things but i i, I look back before that ever happened and we had people in our church. I guarantee you I could have shoulder tapped and asked them, hey, could would you be interested in doing some of these administrative things? But I didn't do it mm-hmm. because, A, I either didn't trust them, uh, like, B, I didn't think they were capable. And then you talk to these people and they're like, yeah, I'm, execu- I'm an executive assistant. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you know what? Like, I've never met a church planner that says, like, man, give me some admin work. I love it. But I do talk to a lot of church planners, and they have like executive assistants in their church. They got mm-hmm. operation directors, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, they might be willing to take some of that off your plate yep. if they knew what was available, mm-hmm. you know. And they actually enjoy doing it. Yeah, like I meet people actually enjoy um, like reports and stuff, and and God bless them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think put it. We need people like that. Yeah. So you got to ask. That's a big thing. You got to ask. Yeah, you got to ask, and then you got to have clearly defined roles and yeah. do like expectations for the different, you know, tasks that you need done or or or, or you know volunteer positions, whatever it is. Um, I just think there needs to be because if you uh, if you don't have clarity on like what you're asking people to do, like number one, they're probably not going to be too enthused to do it because yeah. they're not like you know. It's just hard to get excited about, yeah. uh, you know, responding to an invitation when you don't even really know it's expected of you. Right, right. Uh, and secondly, I think you have to be able to connect it to uh, and cast vision in such a way where, where you can show people why what they're doing matters mm-hmm. uh, beyond just a we need to, you know, like, like to use the phrase again, turn this ministry widget. Or yeah, whatever, right? I love that. Yeah. Um, like, why does this why does it matter? Um, you know, like what, what you know? Uh, in the grand scheme of things, like this is about kingdom advancement yeah. and, and showing people that they're participating in that uh, because these are the things that have to actually get done, you yeah. know, or else like we can't do what we do. Yeah. Well, I think what we do a lot of times in church culture, we, we essentially outsource so much, which we hire people to do these things. Yeah. And church planning culture, you can't, every, if your solution is to hire somebody every time you need a new ministry done, like you're going to be in trouble. Long term, mm-hmm. you know, you have to work your way out of that yeah. mentality. But man, I just say this: I don't know for the marching orders yet, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give mine. Yeah, sure. We are. Um, like are. I would say, like we 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 love church planners, like the fellowships and Jared. And I, we I, we love church planners, and man, I would have loved to have somebody offer me this. So, if you want any of these things we're talking about, if you want examples of org charts, if you want what we call one pagers, if you want to know how we break up our ministry departments. Um, send us an email. Like we'll, we'll literally send you all of our job descriptions. Our email address is in the show notes. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give you anything uh, you need or want or desire. Whatever, we'll help you any way we can. The second thing I would say to this ch- uh, church planner, um, you, you you need to understand that um, sometimes we uh, sometimes we think 
uh, man, if I just had more people and if I just had this structure or whatever, you can you can have your structure, you can have your org chart, you can have all that stuff. But if you don't work it, if you don't work that pipeline and if you don't invite people into it, in other words, I, I, I coach so many church planners and they're like, I struggle with organization, I struggle with communication and all that kind of stuff. You better find somebody that can help you with that like yesterday mm. because you're going to burn people out. You're going to tire. You're going to wear people out. People will not trust your leadership. Um, they will eventually stop listening to your vision um, because you know, you'll say, well, we, we need direction in this. And then they, um, you know, they try to help and you don't really have a one page description. You don't really know how to get them, um, you know, uh, incorporated into the life of a ministry, you know? And so I, I talk to so many church planners that talk about these issues and yet they, they, they don't work their system. They don't, they don't work that pipeline. They don't pray through it. They don't ask God to identify people. They don't cast a clear and compelling vision. Mm -hmm. They just expect once or twice they talk about needs Mm -hmm. and people respond, but people, partners don't give to needs, Mm -hmm. you know, partners give the vision. Your church members don't give to, Hey, we need a, we need somebody to change the baby's diapers in the nursery. And they don't, people won't respond to that. Yep. But they'll respond to, hey, we need people to pour into the next generation yep. that's going to make disciples and advance the kingdom. Yeah. So that, that's well, just what I would say. Yeah. Now, this, I don't know if this is a marching order, but um, it's a, an example maybe to kind of to make this point. Yeah. I think about the difference between these two responses. You've got somebody who's relatively new that comes to your church and indicates like, hey, I'm willing to help out whatever. Uh, what typically what we do and what you know, happens a lot of the times we go, Oh, great. Um, Hey, why don't you just come, you know, at nine o'clock next week and then help us, uh, you know, put up, uh, put out the chairs and stuff. Yeah. Or, so that's one way you can respond, which is how we normally did it. Or you can say something like, Hey, great. We've got to set up and and tear down team. And so what I'd love to do is meet with you, uh, maybe over coffee this next week and talk to you more about what that looks like, like what it looks like to be on the set up and tear down team. Yeah. And then you start, so we have what's called, you know, we do what's called competency training where we mm-hmm. actually go over uh, different competencies that each role in our church has all the way from the setup and teardown team member to a kid's teacher. Yeah. Uh, and we'll sit down and it's discipleship. That's and so right. like what we'll do, so like punctuality is one of them, right? Well, we want our setup and teardown guys to be, uh, girls to be on time. That's important. But I mean, that would be an applicable uh, thing in every area of life. Like if you want to be a good ambassador of Jesus Christ, yeah. then you should be punctual. It looks pretty bad yeah. if you're just showing up late all the time and you're claiming to be a follower of Christ. <laughs> so right. like this is something that can help. And so you start meeting with this person on a regular basis for their competency trainings and they're a part of a team mm-hmm. and that you you have team meetings. on. I mean, that just sounds way different then yeah. option A, which is, uh, sure, yeah, just show up an hour early next yeah. week and help us put up some chairs. Because which one are people more likely to get excited about and to buy yeah. into? That's right, yeah. and like you know, and, and ultimately, like that that just fizzles out. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, oh, yeah. show up and put up chairs, and they get there, and all the chairs are put up, and it's like, well, I'm going to stand around for 45, 50 minutes because yep. I don't have anything to do. Yep. And then they're you're going to have a tough time getting that person back on. Yep facilitated into a or assimilated into a team and you've missed an opportunity to get them into community and to get them into discipleship as well if they're not being discipled yeah like get like getting people to uh into volunteer positions 
Like, man, it's not about filling positions. It's about making disciples. Like, that's what this is about. And, like, I think that can really change, actually. That's the mindset uh, shift that has to happen. If you start looking at this as, like, hey, this is actually an opportunity for me to make disciples rather than a... Uh, a pain in the butt that I need mm. to figure out how to solve just to get these roles filled so that yeah. my Sunday morning service can keep functioning. Yeah. Um, big difference in the way you look at it. Yeah, it's a service mentality versus a church mentality. Yep, for you sure. Know? And so we talk about that all the time. We don't want to plant Sunday morning services. Nope. Yeah, if you plant Sunday morning services, you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. Uh, especially in our context because it's tough to do. <laughs> like if you come from a church area like we do and you've been a part of big churches like we have, you know, and – and everything's so excellent, you know, and, and like you're trying to really start a Sunday morning, excellent Sunday morning service, you know, it's, it's going to be challenging mm-hmm. if you, if that's your goal, you know? So anyways. Yep. It is. Well, guys, we want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Hope this episode has been uh, a blessing to you. I feel like this episode is following on the heels of our interview with Jeff Christofferson. And so no matter what, it's going to be a letdown because that was an awesome yeah, awesome man. Interview, man. I was listening to it over again. I was like, oh my gosh. I just wanted to, like, I, I kind of want to pick this mic up and drop it again, just, you know, <laughs> in retrospect. Yeah, uh, Jeff's awesome. Week. Yeah, it was I need to go incredible. back and listen to it. It's really good. But, uh, guys, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode as well. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, and you can find other episodes. And you can also find our show notes there. So if you do want to reach out to myself or Matt, uh, you can email us and you can ask us about any of this leadership development stuff. Um, or the volunteer descriptions or the competency uh, lessons that we've done. We can send you examples. We'll let, I mean, and we're, and this is, we don't act like we own this stuff. Like we'll, we'll give it away because this stuff has been given away to us uh, by, by others. So yeah, uh, we'd be happy to do that. Hey, um, we would really love your help in getting the word out about in the trenches. So mm-hmm. what I want to ask you to do, uh, this week. I mean, obviously you can go on iTunes or, or Stitcher or Google play and you can subscribe it. Uh, maybe just, um, <clears throat> try and, and share with one person who's involved in some way in church planting this week, uh, with, uh, about the end in the trenches podcast. So whether that means just sharing it on your, your Facebook page or, or tweeting it out or something like that. And just, uh, passing, uh, this podcast along to one person, uh, who you think might be able to benefit uh, from this episode. We'd really uh, be grateful f- to you for that. Uh, and as always, we're going to be back with another episode next Monday. And so until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. <laughs>